You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Real Talk with me, Mason Bray. Today, I do my second interview with a friend of mine in Los Angeles. Let's get to that. So, we have Matthew Herman, who is a general manager, director, and actor in Los Angeles, California. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Mason. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have this talk. <laughs> Do you want to tell people how you got to Los Angeles in show business? Uh, yeah, I can give you the nutshell um, about it. I was, uh, I was a senior at the Savannah College of Art and Design down in Savannah, Georgia, and I had auditioned for a movie that was being cast by Mally Finn, who um, did uh, 8 Mile and Titanic and the Matrix trilogies and all that stuff as well. And she had called me in and uh, she called me afterwards and said, hey, uh, you're not right for the part, but I know that you're getting ready to gra graduate. If you move out to Los Angeles, I would, hire you, I would love to hire you and work with you. And so I said, well, okay, um, I'm still trying to get it figured out because I was uh, I was modeling at the time, and I was friends uh, with Andre Leon Talley and Jay Alexander uh, from America's Next Top Model. Andre was from Vogue, um, I think it was Vogue, but uh, they were trying to get me to move to New York um, to be. Oh, I totally blanked on her face. She threw Naomi Campbell's personal assistant, and so I was decided where I had a job in Los Angeles or I had a job in New York, and then I ran into. Uh, Michelle Phillips of the Mamas and Papas, um, because we have a mutual friend of Dick Cavett, which I met through Rosie O'Donnell. Anyways, uh, that's a whole different story. But I look like Michelle Phillips' son. And she said, oh, I thought you were my son. Come and hang out with me. And so we spent the whole week together. And at the end of the week, she said, well, when you decide where to go, if you want to move out to California, I can be your California mama. And she was at the band of Mamas and Papas. So I moved out to Los Angeles. And um, stayed with her for a bit and then uh we took the job at Mally Finn and was working with her in casting and from there I went to uh another casting office and did Charlotte's Web and then I did the worked on the pilot for CSI New York and um was spending a lot of time in that aspect and then I got into publicity uh because I wanted a little more freedom to audition and uh, I worked on several independent films for a long time and a couple of years, and then I missed performing. So I got back into that and auditioned for stuff and was not getting the roles that I, of the stories that I wanted to tell. So I got into producing. I went to school and got that and general management and producing are very similar. Um, and so I, uh, well, I mean, they're different in their ways, but um, 
and theater, there's, you know, there's similarities. Um, so I got into that business and was uh, decided to take the opportunities I had, but then also make my own opportunities. So that's that. You mentioned Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. Is she amazing? I didn't get a chance to meet her. Um, it was when Rocky, when Rocky Horror went back on Broadway, Dick Cavett was the criminologist and he had done an interview on the Rosie O'Donnell show and he left his shoes. And so Rosie decided to put the shoes up for auction um, for a charity. And so my mom and my sister actually won them for me for my birthday. And the prize was to fly to New York, go see the show, meet Dick Cavett, and then go on the Rosie O'Donnell show and talk about it. Um, however, I was cast in the uh, produ in a production of Reaper Madness the Musical that was going to Scotland. So I told, um, I couldn't go when they were filming the Rosie O'Donnell show. So after I did the run in Scotland and flew back to the States, then I went up to New York and uh, I met them, but they weren't filming at the time. But I met Dick, Ta Dick Cavett and all the, that cast and everybody else. It was, it was a great time. So I didn't ever got a chance to, to actually meet her, but uh, I made friends with Dick Cavett and that kind of changed the whole world. So there you go. So when you're moving, like getting jobs from mm -hmm. New York and then you move to Los Angeles, is that harder when you're in a small town? Do you think it would have been easier if you were in a bigger town to move to those places just to get into the business? No, I mean, the thing is, is that from, there's a lot of different markets. You know what I'm saying? Even though if you're, even if you're in a small town, there is a larger market near, near, nearby. Like if you look at Louisville, you know, you're in the Midwest, right? Um, you got Louisville, you've got Chicago, you have Nashville, all that stuff, then you have Atlanta further down. So it's a matter of, of, of going in and seeing where the opportunities are and going in, in the market. Um, moving out to Los Angeles, people were concerned because it was such a big city. And quite frankly, I knew like one person. Um, but the thing is, is that from going to different locations, people are people. And the majority of time, people normally live within a five mile radius. So like, they'll go to this grocery store, you're not going all the way over. So it makes a big city um, short, you know, it makes it a little bit smaller. Like, for example, I grew up, I grew up in, uh, well, I grew up down in Mount Vernon, but mainly Evansville. And if you look at Evansville, it's divided in so many different parts of town, like you have the, the east side, west side, north side, south, but then within they have, you know, like Candy's Corner or the Lamasco area or West Franklin and that stuff. And a lot of it is just community, you know? So they have opportunities in that stuff, but it's not a situation, you know, it's, there's nice people wherever you go. There's mean people wherever you go. So it's just a matter of, of checking it out. You know, um, it was a little bit daunting because stuff is bigger and it takes more time. And I appreciate the times when I come back to Evansville, um, but, you know, cause it's a nice change of pace in that stuff as well. But I mean, it's, 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 it can be the same. Problems exist everywhere. <laughs> if that answers your question, I don't know. Um, do you remember how many shows you did as a kid in Evansville area? Uh, yes. Well, I did. Um, I did my first professional show at the was Young Abe was Lincoln Amphitheater. I did that when I was twelve years old, and I did that for six years. And there was around fifty-four performances, I think, a summer because it was in rep with the the sideshow. And so I'd want to say, so there's over 300 performances of one production. Um, and then with the school, um, doing the shows at the school, and also uh, I did quite a few shows with the University of Southern Indiana 
And I did uh, quite a few shows um, with Evansville Philharmonic as well. So I would say probably before I, when I graduated, it was probably about like eight, like six or eight outside of high school. Um, it was interesting because my senior year, I went, uh, I was going to school in Mount Vernon and then I would have to drive to Wright's High School to catch the bus to go down to the signature school. And then, um, and then we had our own shows that we were doing that as well. So, um, cause that, that school had just opened. But I think now I've done, show-wise acting in has been over a hundred. And directing-wise, I've done about 45. And shows that I've single produced, I've really started producing the back, it's about like 12, 10, 10 or 12. I don't know, I have to look at I have to look at it. What do you specifically do as a general manager, specifically at the Montauban? Well, I, I handle, like when I'm working at the Montauban, it's, it's me. Um, I'm producing, I'm working with them as well. But what general manager does is that you have the producer, I wanna do the show, let me raise the money, put all this stuff together. The general manager handles the business side of it. It's the aspect. So it arranges, it works out the deals with, um, with all the designers. It works out the deals with equity, executes all that, handles payroll, um, assumes rehearsal space, you know, gets that booked out, deals with the theater, oversees everything. And then you have like the producer, then you have the general manager, and then um, you have like the designers. It's the go-between, it's the link between that and the money. Because when they're raising money, that's a job all on its own. So it's, it's they people hire me um, that stuff as well. But when I produce my shows, um, I handle, I handle it all myself because it's just a, a small operation and I can handle it. So. How often when there's not a pandemic, <laughs> do you get shows like that you're working on? Um, normally I have, I have the shows that I'm doing and then I get hired. Uh, other, other companies will hire me on to, um, to handle and run their shows. So like, for example, from, November of last year, leading up to before the pandemic hit, I had done seven, I had seven separate productions going on. And then there was times where I had, I had two, two shows going on simultaneously. What's the most difficult part of being a general manager? Would it be two shows at once? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's going and working it. The most, the most difficult part is, I would say about being general manager is having to say no. Because there's been times where I've hired, now I, I work independent. I don't, I mean, we have larger theater companies, you know, like there's Pasadena Playhouse, Inner Theater Group, all these other, you know, larger spaces here. I, I work as an independent, so I'll go and I'll bring, you know, or these other people like, oh, we want to do a show. They'll hire me and, and bring me in. So it's a little more difficult where it's, it's working with people that are not within as used to the structure or how the business or the process of the stuff goes. Um, one thing that I find with theater, um, and it's a testament to how how great theater artists are is it creates that world and i always talk about like it's an iceberg like the tip of the iceberg is what the audience sees they don't see all the work underneath it you don't see you don't see having to tell this person oh no i'm sorry we can't add these additional lights because we don't have the money in the budget or we're going to have to take from this to try to get to this yes it would be great to have this person their rate is very high there might be other options. And it's, it's difficult because when you're working in theater in, in a world of expressive and art, artistic expression, it's, it's difficult because sometimes it's hard for people to see the forest for the trees and you have to go in and tell them, that's a great idea, we can't afford it. You know, and it's, I guess, how your vision will be done. But one thing that I enjoy about doing it is 
is it allows me to be creative. That it's like, oh, we can't do this, but we could do this. And what, you know, because you, you look at like, what the effect am I, am I going to do? What do, I, what do I hope to achieve with this? Any kind of show. What is my audience that I'm doing? What, why is the reason that I'm, I'm performing? Why is the reason that I'm, I'm producing this work? And it allows you to be creative and trying to get stuff figured out. Um, when I was doing uh, uh, World Goes Round with Reprise, um, the director wanted uh, top hats for the money song from Cabaret, but he wanted a light up dollar sign on the top. Now, we didn't have the money in the budget to go and pay some company to fabricate this. So like I went out to Universal Studios, I took the train over to Universal Studios and they had those, um, those programmable, I don't know if they had those light up shirts, you know, like you could have an image. So I was going to see if there was something there that we could cut and try to replace it or um, what we need to do. And they were talking about making, trying to make a light box or how do we create this effect? And what I ended up doing was I went out to an electronic store and I bought LED lights. I drilled holes like a, like a pumpkin um, I carved the money sign on the top of the hats and then built a false bottom and put a battery pack, learned how to solder. Thank God I have great friends that are very knowledgeable um, that we were able to solder and get that effect together. But it's, it's like, yeah, we didn't have the money to do it, but we were still able to present the same effect. And it actually worked a little bit better uh, because it, was, it gave us more options to customize collar and make rhythm and that stuff going in. But it's that, oh, well, hang Christmas lights. Well, where do the Christmas lights plug into? That's what the general manager's job is, is to find the outlets <laughs> and to make sure the power is turned on. And also, you know, um, and also deal with a lot of people because a lot of times um, trying to put these shows up is a very high stress situation. When you're working with people um, that are very passionate about it, a lot of times tempers flare. And a lot of times I've been on shows where the majority of my day is spent with just to line out my office um, wanting to complain or this isn't happening and this stuff as well. So you have to deal with a lot of, uh, a lot of frustration and um, it gets you a, a thick skin. You know, I've been yelled at by some of the best people in the world, not because I did anything wrong, simply because they needed somebody to yell at. So it's, it's that it's like a, I always kind of view it as like a Swiss army knife. Are you doing any shows right now? Like while you're in quarantine? Well, I have some stuff worked on. And that was one thing is I had, I had a conference call this morning for something that is um, very big that we cannot announce yet, but it will be, um, it wouldn't be until next year after everything kind of settles down because um, right now everybody's thinking it's close proximity. People are sitting in a theater you know, how, how close are you going to have to read, you know, if you have to restructure, they're talking about Broadway houses, removing rows of seats, but that still doesn't have, you know, it's, it's people on the side and in front and Broadway houses. I mean, that's why I got involved in theater and being on stage because I can't, I can't fit in the audience in six, four. So um, they're talking about figuring that stuff out. So we do have a show that we had that was working on that was slated for February that we're still moving forward with, which is, um, a very it has a potential being something very big. Um, I've been working on some virtual shows um, and putting some of that stuff together and helping and troubleshooting and, and getting that stuff. And although those are fun, it doesn't um, it doesn't replace the the feeling of live experience. Um, but there's ways of working working around it, you know. Um, but it's very difficult. I had three shows lined up for this summer that had um, had to be postponed. But it's, it's people's safety, you know? And I know people are talking about it and there's a lot of discussion, 
but it's it's looking out for one another and we have a responsibility and because of our freedoms we have certain responsibilities and stuff that we have to do it's a give and a take and um you know it's just making good decisions and smart decisions you know two sides to every coin <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So switching gears to directing. Yes, sir. What are, what are rehearsals like through your eyes? Normally, the rehearsal schedule that I work with is normally like a two and a half to three week rehearsal process. Um, now, that is, is that we're rehearsing the people, you know, eight hours a day. It's a real job. We're paying for rehearsal, you know, and that stuff. Uh are you talking about the whole scope of thing or trying to get it done yeah. or, you know, you're bring, trying to get the show done. Well, you throw it all up on the wall and see what sticks and then you go and refine it. You, you, you hope that the cast that you have spends time to learn their lines and to sing their songs in proper tempo uh, and to go in and to uh, make sure. You don't have to shade me like that. <laughs> it was only shade since you acknowledged it. No, um, but you go in and you learn and, and trying to get the stuff done. One thing I also am, uh, I am on the faculty at the California School of the Arts in San Gabriel Valley, which is the sister school, the Orange County School of the Arts down in Orange County. But when I tell the kids and the students that I teach there, I, I say the director has so much, they're, they're thinking of working with the designers, getting the thing, crafting it, sculpting it. They cast you because there was something that you, that they saw in you to be able to do that role. There is, so it's make choices. One thing that is very difficult is a lot of times actors will be like, you know, and then young actors will be like, well, tell me what you want. I'll do it. Tell me what you want. And it's difficult because then you're trying to perform in the way of what you want them to, to give you. And it's easier as director, you know, as a director to be like, let me see some choices and some options. You don't have to beat yourself up. I also see a lot of times there's a habit where someone will get the cast, they'll get cast why well, I, I got cast, I don't have to do any more work. And I don't have to, you know, like I've already got, I've already got the role. I've already proved myself. Well, that's where the, that, well, that's where the work starts and that's where it comes in. So it's, it's important to, to give options and to, to try things because that's what rehearsal is. You know, it's not the performance. And I understand a lot of people get in their heads and they say, oh, I have to be perfect right off the bat. No, you know, you go and you make a mess of stuff. You walk through it. You don't run through the problems. You walk through it so you learn from it, and you and you learn something from it. That's what rehearsal is, is running and getting the stuff. Now, it is very important. Like when I was doing Women Behind Bars, um, which just went up, on the first day of rehearsal, we had a two-week rehearsal process, and then, and then we opened. The first day of rehearsal, the cast showed up off book. Was already, they were already memorized. Um, 
they already had the stuff, they already had the stuff down and they're ready to go in because then it gives a chance to play and it gives to try stuff because even when you're having rehearsal, I'm sure you always have the rehearsal where like it's kind of a goof off rehearsal or it's just that chance to have fun with it because we're performing. As actors, you spend so much time working, so much time working and thinking about it and getting in your head. And it's good to do that work. But the thing is, is that performance, the audience never wants to see you work. You know, the audience wants to watch and, and see that. They want to see the, the result of it, but they don't want to see you struggling. You know, it's not like, oh, look how much I'm doing. You know, it's like, we're not asking. It's the same thing as, as when you're performing. You're like, what am I doing with my hands? Well, if you're thinking about what your hands are doing, you're not focused on the song and the message that you're saying. You're not, you're not telling the story, you know? It's the body will follow what the mind is doing. And the same thing as the body, you know, it's the whole um, Stanislavski versus Meisner, the internal versus external of acting. But when I'm directing a show is I want to create a good environment because as a director and as a producer and general manager and all that stuff, I want everybody to be happy because better stuff is accomplished when everybody is happy and in a good mood. If you're in a time where everybody shows up and it's, everybody's cranky, and I know it, we all have problems. You could have been getting out of the car and accidentally stubbed your toe, you know? And now you gotta dance, you gotta do this whole routine and learn how to do this. When you go in to do it, you leave that stuff outside because here's a chance that we can create something. And that's the one good thing about theater is that it, is, it creates an environment and it creates an experience. And the thing is, is that live theater is one of the only places that's left where you can have people of different backgrounds, different knowledge, different beliefs, all come together in one room and they say, we're gonna sit in a windowless room in the dark and pretend, you know? Everybody's in agreement. You may not agree with my issue on this, I may not agree with your issue on that, but at this moment, for these next two hours, we're gonna watch that show and we're going to pretend, you know? And the people, and that's why it's so important to support live theater because on the audience, when you're on stage, if you have an audience that's not invested or not stuff, then it starts messing with you, you know? But if you have a show that's cooking, that the audience is with you, the actors are going, everything's going on, it's fun. And it's a different night. It's a different performance every night, you know? It's never perfection. If it wants to be perfect, it would be film where someone has complete control and this is what the audience sees and that stuff. But live theater brings those people together and it gives you something to talk about. If it's a good show, you're going to tell people how great it is. If it's crap, you're going to go to them and be like, oh my gosh, girl, what? I'll, let me tell you what I saw. You know what I'm saying? And it gives, that, it gives that communication and it creates that communication and then those stories are told you know, to other people and then those people come and check it out and, and it's that shared experience. It's one of those things that it's not like, oh, I watched this on TV, or I watched it as well when you're sitting at home, you're watching it together. And that's one thing that, that's one thing that I'm looking forward to this pandemic going in. And of course, it's being safe um, and keeping distance and that stuff. But there is, I, I hope that there's a restored sense of community. And I hope that there is a chance that people are like, oh, maybe my problems that I thought were problems really weren't problems. You know what I'm saying? I hope that as a, the society, um, we can evolve and, 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 you know, get along a little bit more. And it's going to be tough. You got to get through it to go. You, you're going to go through it to get through it, but it's um, that stuff. So that's what I look for when I'm directing is to create a good environment and have something fun. And even though if it's a dramatic and even though it's, you know, very there, it is good to have that laughter in it. You know, it's that because we're all working together and we all appreciate one another because we all have individual gifts. I can't do stuff that my actors can do. My actors can't 
you know, see the things or have the ideas that I have. We're all individual people, but we, we, when our forces combine, we create greatness, you know, Does that makes sense. Yeah. It was long winded. I apologize. What's the most difficult part of directing a show? Do you want to know what the most difficult part is? When your actors don't know their songs and can't sing it on tempo and sing the right lyrics? No, no, no. What the most difficult, what the most difficult part is, is um, it's that first day of rehearsal. And it's that moment right before the curtain goes up. Because it's, it's, the thing is, is that the actors get the applause. <laughs> the directors get the blame. Yeah, you know, and it's it's one of those situations where the audience doesn't, you know, the audience doesn't know. It's the same thing as, you know, being a writer. Um, it's difficult to make sure there's doubt. Um, you have that responsibility that all of a sudden it's like, I'm going to tell this story, you know. I how am I gonna tell this story? What do I hope to get out of the story? Will the people will the people understand it? Will the people get it? Do we have the funds able to see what it is? I mean, it's, but it's, it's coming back and making that connection and telling that story. And if you have that, I learned from a very early age that if you have that connection, all the other stuff, although it helps support the story, the story is what's most important. You know, if it's all the fluff and all that stuff, all that ancillary stuff can just be pushed away. If the core there and what's being done, because, you know, I've seen performances in a theater the size of my living room, you know, and I've seen wonderful performances on huge on huge stages but theater is it's those things of moments and it's those creative moments where those audiences like oh, i'm with them or they see it and it, it pieces it together and that's what it's it's creating it and, and it's the it's the art and it's that connection and, and moving it together that's the thing that's 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 difficult about it because you know there's doubt and there's always the thought of you know there's always going to be is that joke that you know how many actors does it take to change a light bulb and no, it takes a hundred, one to change it, and ninety-nine to say they could do it better. You know, it's a big competition. It's a big comparison because it's it's working with people's emotions, and so it's it's very it's difficult making sure to to handle, and you want to make sure that you handle everybody. But they were saying how it. Uh, I lost my train of thought. But it's 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 difficult because you everybody wants to be heard, you know, and it gets a little difficult about. Uh, making sure everybody is heard is how they, they feel that they can be heard. And it's sad when the show's close because you work so hard for fleeting moments. It's fleeting moments of happiness, you know? You think about the shows that you do at school. How, how, how long? It's months of rehearsals for a weekend? Yeah. You know? Two months, sometimes for one day of performances. Yeah. And it ends and you're like, I'll do it again in a heartbeat because it's that ensemble work and you're working together and you're part of something bigger. You know, it's amazing the amount of pride I see in people and in, in work in theater, you know, costume designers, costume, the seamstresses, they spend so much time making a hat, you know, for five seconds, they'll wear this hat on a cross, you know, they'll cross, they'll cross stage and this hat and this person works so hard, but it's that, it's that sense of pride. And that's what you have to do is you have to find pride in the work that you do. It doesn't matter what, what venue or what scale you're doing, you know, it's, it's finding the truth and, and doing the best that you can possibly do. Because that's why people pay, you know, a ticket to go see your story, your rendition. They're not looking for a copycat. In your career path, do you think education or experience is more important? I think both are equally important. And I think that there is a possibility that it runs hand in hand. I have, um, I used to work at French Woods Festival of the Performing Arts. I was there for about 13 years. 
and uh, they would do 72 shows in 12 weeks. They had five theaters. Um, it was a huge, huge organization. And, um, and it's interesting because I've worked with a lot of child actors and I've worked with a lot of people that have gone on to be um, big, big stars. And it's interesting because of all the kids, you know, like if there's a hundred kids, two kids will continue in. You know, a lot of times you gotta be careful when it's, it's called a play for a reason. And sometimes it can get very competitive and people can get burnt out. And I think that it's important that there's an education, that there's some educational component involved. I know that I've had a lot of students that had online, you know, like onset tutors and that stuff as well. But it's education is very important. And I also say this because I also am on faculty at California School, <laughs> California School of the Arts, uh, which is a middle and, and high school. How can you connect with somebody if you do not know how to connect with that person? And I don't, and I find it very, I find education very important and it's good to know like general knowledge and trivia, like with improvisation and that stuff, because I don't play a doctor, but I need to have an understanding of how it goes. And there's a way of learning and knowing what that, that is. So it's always, it always pays to, I always like to look at opportunities and I go to experiences that would not be deemed like the norm like i'll go to you know i'll go to a square dancing class and then i'll go to a roller derby and i'll go watch you know the professional wrestling going on and seeing those experiences because those are people and and it's and it's finding that community and trying to find that that common thread you know and it's and seeing how because there's people everybody you listen to everyone's story whether they're brilliant or they're dumb because everybody has a story everybody has a struggle that they're dealing with and you can relate to them or you can appreciate to be like, oh my gosh, let me put myself in check. This is way worse than what I have, you know, what I have going on. And so it's important to go out and experience because those experiences, you know, it's good. It's good to get your heart broken. It's good to go through disappointment. It's good to go through that because you realize you survived that, you know, like it's bad at the moment, but it, you know, at the end of the day, it's still a beautiful world, you know, and it's an, and so it's, it's good with going to school and knowledge and learning about it. And also the thing is, is that there's times where every show will end. Every show will close. If you're a child actor, you're, you're going to hit puberty. You know, there's going to be a time. I know it's shocking, but... It's happening right now. Your voice, your voice, I, your voice is going to change. And you're not going to be able to play those younger, those younger roles anymore. You know what I'm saying? And it's always awkward when your voice is changing. It's difficult because, you know, your vocal cords, it's all scratch, you know, it's what's going on. Let your body settle and figure out what's going on before, you know, trying to go through. And it's, it's important to have an education. Now, as opposed to going into secondary education in college about after going to high school or I'm going to start there. Now, there are studios and there are places to do acting and, you know, casting and that stuff. But if you don't have that background of being like, oh, I worked at this theater, I worked at this theater, I did this show, this show, this show, it's going to be at a disadvantage. And so a university and a college tells you additional techniques and that stuff. It also helps because it's a supportive environment because their shows are funded and they have the money to be able to do these things. And they also are very good with making connections after you're out of school. And there's ways of, of going in to do it. So I understand 
I believe in the importance of education. I question the timing of it. You know what I'm saying? If it's like, oh, I'm going to go on national tour. I, oh my gosh, I just graduated high school. I did this open call. They want me for this show. I'm going to go on that on tour of it. You can go on tour, tour ends. You can go back to school, you know? And I know a lot of actors that I, that I know and that I respect have gone back to school and get that because it is a sense. I mean, at the end of the day, it's an improvement of yourself. You know, you're the only one that you have. It doesn't matter if people are cheering for you, cheering for you. They're going to cheer for other people. You know, you want to be proud in the work that you have. And it's a personal accomplishment to be like, oh, I've done this. Oh, I've done this. You can't judge yourself by other people. You have to, you have to focus, you have to focus on yourself. Last thing I want to know is what are you doing during quarantine? Um, <laughs> not cleaning and not doing my laundry. No, <laughs> what I am doing during quarantine is I, well, the school year was still going on. So I was very fortunate that I was, I was turning these, these shows that we were, that had been postponed. We had adapted them for uh, virtual. We did those virtual. So I, I learned how to edit and go through Premiere and use the editing software. And that's kept me busy. Um, and it's been very nice. Uh, and I appreciate it because I, you know, and I would teach uh, four days a week. And it's good to see those. It, it, was, it was good to see the kids and my students. And it's funny because I, I live by myself and it gets lonely sometimes, you know? But it was like, oh, I was excited for school um, and that stuff to see. So I, I was continuing my classes and uh, they're going into the last week. And then I had to edit and turn the stage shows into a virtual component. So I've been working on that. Um, I've been developing some other projects. I've spent some time um, going through and being able to rephase and replan some things. And I attempt to start cleaning, but end up making a bigger mess. So, uh, and I've been trying, um, I haven't made bread. Uh, <laughs> I did make biscuits. Um, oh, biscuits are nice. That's yeah. I, I realized what you can do is because you're supposed to, if you, I don't have a food processor. So what I did was I froze the butter and then I used a cheese grater to get it into small pieces and it worked fantastic. Um, I also made jello by, from scratch, lemon jello from my, my friend's lemon trees. Um, and I've been just working on that and troubleshooting and figuring out how to do these other, these other <laughs> virtual and streaming and live streaming stuff. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting because Hollywood, uh, Hollywood is a ghost town for it, for a place that has been so tourism heavy and that stuff as well. It's very interesting walking down the street and being like, Oh my gosh, there's nobody here. There's no, there's nobody here. But um, that means everybody's staying at home or, you know, being safe and keeping their distance. So that's what I've been doing. What have you been doing during quarantine? Um, trying to create a lot, yeah. like doing this and then trying to start back up my YouTube channel, a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Sleeping till noon. What? I find that I've been waking up earlier than normal and I find that the days go by very, very fast. Like it's, it's interesting. It's like, oh my gosh, the, the week is already gone. I have no concept of day. I keep on thinking today is Thursday. Um, but then I'm, I'm like, it's very, it's, it's, it seems like. Time is all flexing. Time has no meaning anymore. But I, I started rewatching True Blood from the season, and I also have, I found this pirate radio station called uh, the Aquari Aquarium Drunkard, Drunkard Aquarium, Aquarium Drunkard. It is fantastic. I've been listening to music more. I've been listening to music more, and I've been reading and um, taking the time to kind of focus on myself. Um, I feel terrible for, for saying it, but it had been so busy leading up to it that I was getting a little burnt out and I needed some time. And so this was kind of a forced time to be like, okay, 
these shows will be postponed. They will happen later. And, you know, this is my time and I, you know, sit by myself. So that's it. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, it's interesting watching the world and the world's reactions to things. But, uh, you know, it's just trying to stay safe and make good decisions. That's all I have. Thank you so much for talking today. More than, uh, you are more than welcome. It was great talking to you as well. I hope I, I hope I made some sense and gave some nuggets of uh, wisdom and, and everything else. But it's the, the thing that any kind of parting words is it's all about the story and telling it truthfully and going out to do it and having fun. And uh, yeah, I feel like it needs to be deep because it's like the pandemic and everything else. But it's the time that we're living in and there'll be another time after that. So we'll see how it is. Will you have a good one? You too. Um, before I end this episode, I do want to say all the jokes about me not knowing my lines are false. I know them, but timing is a little off. I'm working on it, taking a dance class. So thank you for listening and see you next week. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.